And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who all were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that your word is true and good and holy and perfect. Everything that it tells us is trustworthy. So I pray now that as we come to look at these few verses from Luke's gospel about this high and holy and admittedly difficult call of waiting for you, waiting for consolation, waiting for redemption, that you would give us the strength and endurance to wait patiently as we await your second coming to this earth to make all things new. So bless us now as we gather to hear from you. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. If you are of a certain generation uh, like me, I won't say how old I am, but if you're of a certain generation, you will appreciate great words of the late Tom Petty, who said that the waiting is indeed the hardest part. Or if you have a certain generation, like my children are, maybe some younger folks here, you turn to the musical Hamilton, and Aaron Burr's words where he's saying, I'm willing to wait for it. Children, I am guessing that you are waiting for good things for tomorrow morning. You're probably ready to get out of here pretty quickly to encourage and continue on in your waiting as that morning approaches quickly. What are you waiting for? Are you expecting something grand tomorrow under the tree? Again, you, you children are anticipating and waiting for good things, I'm sure. What about you adults, you parents? What are you waiting for? Is there something worth waiting for? Is there something bigger than the material things you may get tomorrow if we're fortunate enough to receive what we ask for? Waiting is hard. Waiting is difficult, admittedly, right? In our passage here that we are looking at in Luke chapter 2, we are introduced to two older saints who have learned to wait, who have learned the importance and the value of waiting. It's not that they minded waiting because they were waiting for something grand, something glorious, something spectacular, and so therefore they could wait. Just today, I did perhaps one of the most Wisconsin things I've ever done. I went to a butcher shop 
where we were waiting to pick up some meat for Christmas dinner. And because of COVID regulations, they didn't have enough room for everyone to be inside. And so I waited in 15 degree temperature outside in the snow flurries to get inside to get what I had purchased for our Christmas dinner. But it was worth it, and it will be worth it tomorrow when we get it. Waiting is not as hard as it may seem when we know that we're waiting for something wonderful and incredible and glorious. I think what Luke wants us to understand from the life of Simeon and the example of Anna here, and really it's the lesson of Advent, if we're willing to receive it, if we're willing to hear it. Advent itself as a season gives us this lesson that for the people of God, waiting is our primary posture. For the people of God, waiting is our primary posture. I want to do two simple things tonight. I want us to look at Simeon's waiting, and we're going to look at Anna's waiting. We're going to see how their examples might apply to us as we might particularly receive help from them in this season of waiting that we are in now. Let's look at the example of Simeon here. Simeon's waiting. The setting of Luke sharing this story is this. Jesus is roughly about 40 days old. So think 40 days out from now. That's uh, end of January. That's not exactly the Christmas season. It's the dark of winter. But this is typically considered a a nativity story, and so we'll go with that. And it's very much uh, along the lines of Jesus as an infant, as a baby, and things that we think of around Christmas time. And Jesus is about 40 days old, and so far in his young life, he's just been shuffled back and forth between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, particularly to the temple for circumcision and now for this rite of purification that's written about in Leviticus 12. You can go back and read chapter 12 of Leviticus and find this very act that now his parents are going to take him to the temple for. While they go up to the temple, we are introduced to this man named Simeon. We're not told a whole lot about him, but we are told that he's a righteous and a devout man. And he's waiting for something particular Something that's worth our attention. Luke tells us that Simeon is waiting for the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel. This is an interesting word that Luke chooses here. It only shows up a few other times in the New Testament. And interestingly enough, in John's Gospel, in chapter 14, it's the same root word that Jesus uses to describe the work of the Holy Spirit as helper or advocate or counselor. So this idea that Simeon is waiting for consolation means that he's waiting for help. He's waiting for comfort. He's waiting for aid. He's waiting for, yes, consolation. He's waiting for the one who would come and ease Israel's burdens. The one who would come and ease their pain and the suffering that they had been experiencing. The one who would come and right the wrongs by bringing healing and peace to God's people. And Luke tells us without any mixed words that once he lays eyes on Jesus, he knows this is the one. This is the one. The question is, how is he able to know that? How is he able to know that? Well, Luke tells us that he is full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is upon him. It was with Simeon, dwelling in him and equipping him so that he might know and see When the right one came, the chosen one, the Messiah who was going to come into the world, the one that he had been waiting for. And because Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit, 
He was able to discern when he arrived. He didn't have to go off of a gut or instinct. Or he didn't have to go off of a hunch. He could wait patiently, trusting in God's timing, trusting in God's revelation. Simeon, however, is not the only one waiting for the promised one, waiting for the Messiah, the anointed one who was foretold. In fact, he's not even the only one in the temple who is waiting. Luke also later on in chapter 2 introduces us to a woman named Anna in verses 36 through 38. Now he gives us a few more details than he does about Simeon as it relates to Anna. We're told that she was a prophetess. She spoke words of God on behalf of God to the people. In fact, she does this later on in our passage in verse 38. She'd been a widow for a very long time. And essentially, what we can make of her life is that she had taken up residence in the temple. She was there constantly, we're told, worshiping God, fasting and praying, waiting too for the promised one, waiting too for God's special revelation to come. Same question we could ask of Anna that we asked of Simeon. What was Anna waiting for? And Luke tells us something specific as well. Anna, along with others, were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. The redemption of Jerusalem. And the word here again used that we translate redemption is a unique word as well. It's not necessarily the one that is regularly translated as salvation, although that would work. It's a little more particular term. It means to purchase, to rescue, to ransom something, to buy it back, to redeem. This is what Anna and many others were looking forward to. Just as Simeon was waiting for the one who would bring healing and relief the coming of the Messiah, Anna was waiting for the one who would bring rescuing and buying back and care. The one who would deliver Jerusalem from all of her enemies. The question is, like Simeon, how did Simeon do it? He was equipped with the Holy Spirit. How did Anna endure this waiting? How was it that she was able to wait patiently for God's revelation of the chosen one, the promised one, the Messiah? Well, Luke gives us a clue and a hint. He says she worshipped regularly. She built her life around worship. She prayed. She fasted. She did not depart from the temple. In other words, I think what Luke is telling us in this language is that Anna had built her life around the living God. Communion with Him was central to her life. She had made her home with God, and now at the revelation of the Messiah, she gets to see the one who had come to make his home with us. She had taken up residence in the one place where God could be found, and now when she sees the Christ, Jesus, the baby, she realizes that this is God coming to take up residence with us, coming to be with us. And this is how Anna was greeted. Her prayers had been answered. Her fasting had culminated. She saw the one who would bring the redemption of Jerusalem. And not just to Jerusalem, but to the whole world. So question for us on Christmas Eve. Where do we find our place in this story? This nearly 2,000 year old account? What does it have to do with us? Can we find ourselves in this story here tonight?
on December the 24th. I think there's several things that do have much to say to us, particularly as it relates to this idea of waiting. So we see Simeon, so we see Anna waiting. The reality is this, if we're honest with ourselves, you and I could probably use more instruction on waiting. Learning to wait patiently, not just for things that we want, but learning to wait patiently for what God is doing in the world. Trusting and resting that he, in the fact that he is always active. He's always about his business and his work. I think there's three things for us to take away from the lesson of Simeon and Anna. First, from Simeon, the lesson for us is this. As it was for him, so it must be for us. The Holy Spirit is our guide, our aid, our counselor, our advocate, our helper, our companion in this season of waiting. Because you see, if we lack the Spirit, we will not be able to wait with patient endurance as the Lord tarries in His coming, to use some older language. If we even neglect the work of the Spirit in our lives, then our lives will be patterned by fits and starts of patience and impatience, of contentment and discontentment. But if we can rely upon the Holy Spirit, knowing that this is a guarantee, as the Apostle Paul says, He is a deposit, a promise, that our waiting is not in vain, that Jesus will in fact return and bring us to the Father. So as it was for Simeon, it must be for us. The Holy Spirit is our guide and our aid and our helper and our companion in our season of waiting. Second lesson for us from Anna. As it was for her, it must be for us. Communion with the living God is a necessity in our season of waiting. If we're not enjoying regular communion through prayer, through the means of grace, through the disciplines of the Spirit, some of the things that Luke names here that Anna engaged in, worship, participating in the sacraments, these things as gifts, then we will not be able to wait with joy and eager expectation. Our waiting will be seasoned not with hope and expectation and faith, but with bitterness and frustration and anger. We'll continue to question God on why He delays His coming. But if we can take a lesson from Anna and recognize that communion with the living God is an essential tool for us to be able to wait and endure with patience. And we will do well in this season of waiting as we wait for our Lord. Third, finally, as it was for both Simeon and Anna alike, so it will be for us. You see, our waiting, like theirs, will not come to an end. It will not be consummated until we see the Christ for ourselves. Their waiting had a conclusion. It had a finale. Both Simeon and Anna saw the Christ child. They saw the baby Jesus and the waiting that they had been longing for, the consolation, the redemption, met its apex, its high point. It concluded they saw God in the flesh. And the same will be true for us, that our waiting will not be completed until one of two things happens. The Lord takes us to be with Him Or He comes down to be with us and we see Him face to face. Until then, the call is that we wait. We wait with endurance. We wait with patience. And this season of Advent is meant just for that. 
It's meant to remind us that we are waiting not in vain, not for a great Christmas present under the tree. We are waiting for the return of our Lord, of our King, of our Savior. Did you catch our opening verses in our call to worship from Isaiah 25? This is our cry. This is our prayer. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. My hope and prayer for us, particularly as we wake up tomorrow morning, is that we might take some time before we rip into our presence, before we stuff ourselves with great food, to just sit in that moment, in that anticipation, and catch a glimpse of what it means to wait for something good and beautiful and lovely. As we say together, this is the Lord. We have waited for Him as we wait for His second return. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that You would give us Your strength and Your Spirit. That we would be fully equipped in it, through it, by it, as Simeon was. And through the gifting of the Spirit, we would be able to participate in the gifts that You have given, such as the means of grace, prayer, fellowship, worship, the sacraments of Your Word that these as well might equip us to wait well, to wait with joy, to wait with patience, to endure what You have for us as we await the second coming of our Lord. And this Christmas Eve calls us to be patient. It calls us to be eager in our expectation as we look forward to His coming again. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.